Hi, I'm Jill, and you've landed on the Grow Like a Mother podcast. This is a place where we lean into all things motherhood and personal growth. We talk about the good, bad, and ugly in a way that's real and relatable. Whether I'm interviewing guests or sharing my own wisdom and learnings, this is half an hour for you. Put this on in your car or on a walk, while you're doing chores, wherever it fits into your life and give yourself the gift of prioritizing yourself. You'll hear tips and tricks and tactics to help you get aligned with the version of you that doesn't just go by the name mom. You'll hear my methods of time ownership and goal achievement and learn how to master your mindset and tune into your intuition. These are the things that can create true transformation in how you navigate life and take you from feeling overwhelmed to in control. This is Motherhood Mixed with Woo. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome back to the Grow Like a Mother podcast. I'm so glad you're here for another week. And today I wanted to touch on something that I have struggled with my whole life and only recently realized it was not a good thing. Um, It is perfectionism. Perfectionism is something that I wore as a title for a long time and like a coveted title, something that I thought was uh, something to be aspired to, something that made me uh, not better than other people, but put me on a high on a high playing field, I guess. I kind of held this idea of perfectionism up on a pedestal because I thought if you can be good at everything, that people would like you or you would get ahead faster or things would be easier for you in your life. And not only if you were good at things, but I thought that it was always really admirable to strive to be good at things. So to me, the term perfectionist equated with hard work and dedication and being motivated and all of those positive verbs and adjectives that I would put towards doing things right, doing things the right way, succeeding, doing well in life, having love and acceptance, and all of those things were kind of all wrapped up into this one word of perfectionist. And it would be something that I talked about a lot when I had job interviews too, and I think probably many of you can relate to this because I almost did a bit of reverse psychology, you know, Um, when people would ask the dreaded question like, well, what are some of your weaknesses? And then I would say like, oh, I'm such a perfectionist. Like I always really want to get things right and blah, blah, blah. So I tried to turn that question of a weakness into a positive by using this perfectionist tendency. Although I didn't realize at the time that a perfectionist tendency really is uh, a negative, really is something that I would include now in a conversation if I was applying for a job about, well, what are your areas of weakness? And I don't suffer from it anymore. However, if I did, having the knowledge that I have now, perfectionism would absolutely be considered a weakness. And I'll tell you why, because it might seem a bit counterintuitive, especially for the high achieving mama out there like me, if that's you, who 
has been go, 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 has always been a go-getter, has been a self-starter, has been successful, has been well-liked. I think that you're likely to identify with this idea of perfectionist just like I did. And the the most mind-blowing thing that I heard, I think, in this entire personal development journey came in a free workshop that I did last uh, April, let's say, just over a year ago. And it was hosted by Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. And they put on five days, like four hours a day of just intense teachings. And it was geared towards becoming an online content creator, but it was very much rooted in mindset. And one of the things that they taught on and spoke of that shocked me and sort of really shattered the way that I perceived myself and my mindset and gave me a kickstart to try to dive deeper to see what else I didn't understand was that perfectionism is the lowest standard you could ever aim for. And it took me a minute to let that sink in. And I thought, well, how can that be? Because the entire idea of being a perfectionist is getting it all right. But the reason that they said that that was the lowest standard that you could ever shoot for is because it's literally impossible. So you're shooting for something that you're never going to achieve. You're basically shooting for failure. So when it, when it was put to me in that perspective, I realized, yeah, you always hear that, you know, nobody's perfect and perfect you can't be perfect, blah, blah, blah. But then if you're anything like me, you kind of think like, really? Because that might apply to other people, but I certainly can be. Or, hmm, let me put that to the test. You know, a bit of a challenge. Like, oh, nobody's perfect. Really? Watch me. And uh, maybe some of you are laughing because you know me, but that's really how I felt. And um, when you do have success and you see positive things coming from your efforts – you can get wrapped up in this idea of perfectionist. And then it can be quite debilitating in, in several ways. And the first is, of course, you, you can't actually be perfect in anything, let alone in everything. But then secondary and just as insidious is that it actually sets you up for really low self-esteem in the fact that when you don't achieve a goal, or when someone doesn't like you, or when you don't get the job, or when somebody dumps you, or anything negative where you're not achieving your goal, or it gets taken from you, or you don't live up to your own high standards, then you get crushed more than the person who wasn't aiming for perfectionism, who was just out there doing their best or doing their thing. If you're a perfectionist and you don't achieve your goal, that's soul-crushing. And so not only are you trying to do something that's impossible, but you're constantly setting yourself up for really low lows, which isn't fair. It isn't fair. And it's not realistic. It doesn't make sense to live that way. So I wanted to come on today and just have a conversation about perfectionism and how we can maybe look at it a little bit differently. So something else that I've learned that's been helpful for me in understanding how to move past this, because it's one thing to hear it and say like, oh yes, that makes sense. Perfectionism, not attainable, 
can't do it, bad, okay, got it. Paradigm shift. I'm, I'm on board with that. It's a whole other thing to understand how to make changes in your life to something that has been ruling the way that you operate for your entire life, right? And sometimes by no fault of our own. Sometimes it's the way that we're brought up, um, our family circumstances, the education system, who knows? Like there's a bunch of things that go into a perfectionist tendency. And I don't know all of the reasons, of course, why some people tend toward perfectionism and some people don't. But if you do, it can be hard to change your mindset about it. And so something that has helped me a lot is thinking instead about failure and understanding about failure because it was never something I put any thought into or or any weight into because it wasn't an option. It wasn't something that happened to me. I didn't fail in anything, you know? And so um, failure was not something I ever considered, like cere- cerebrally. Is that correct? It wasn't like, oh, I'm not considering failure because I'm just going to succeed. It's like I, it never even entered my brain as a thing. So now, now what I do is when I'm starting something new or aiming towards something or setting a goal for myself, I look at failure as a standard that I used to look at perfectionism as. So if I start something and fail, that is a thumbs up for me. And the reason is because I tried, because I took action towards something. And even if it doesn't work out the first time, you still made progress. So I'm really looking at progress over perfection now. And let's be honest, the first time any of us start anything, we're going to fail. When you learn to walk, you're going to fall. When you tie your shoes, you're going to get it wrong. Um, There's a million things that you can see. And specifically now as a mom, I can see this playing out in my kids' lives. As they try things, they fail. But they don't get upset. They don't aim to do it perfectly. What they do is they learn each time and they improve. And there is growth and there is progress. And that is the magic. They don't care if they get their their shoelaces exactly right. They just want to be able to to work towards the achievement of tying their shoelaces. You know, and I think that that's how more adults need to look at perfectionism, success, failure. We need to understand that anything worth doing, you're going to suck at first. If it's new, you're going to suck. If you're learning to play the guitar, it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to be a an expert right away. If you're trying to learn to cook, you're going to have a few crappy recipes and maybe a kitchen fire. You know, if you're at the gym trying to become a bodybuilder or a marathon runner or you're trying a new sport or anything that you haven't done before, there is no way. How could you ever expect yourself to be perfect at it? How could you ever expect yourself to try something and not fail and not suck? The whole point is growing and learning. Because let's be honest, if you were really great at something right away and you didn't have to work for it or grow into it, how satisfying is that actually? You didn't really earn it. You know, you didn't put in the effort, you didn't fail, you didn't have the experience. 
So I think that at least for me, it's not quite as juicy when you achieve the thing if you haven't had some trials and tribulations along the way, some bumps in the road, some learnings. It's those aha moments. It's overcoming those small challenges and setbacks. It's getting those two step forwards after you had a step back. That's the money. That's the thing that drives me forward. And so specifically in building this business, I've had a lot of things that have not gone perfectly. You know, there was, when I first started, there was this dream like, oh, well, I'm just going to turn into a a coach and off I go. That will be my new thing. I'll quit my job. I'll have income coming in. I'll be able to work from home, do my own thing. And that is still the goal. But folks, it's, I'm a year and a half in now and it has been nothing but learnings, steps backwards, steps forward, life challenges, learnings, growings, not getting things perfect, but not being afraid to show up anyways, not being afraid to take that that action, even if you look silly doing it, even if you feel small doing it, even if you're worried about what other people's opinions is going to be when you're trying something new or working towards a goal, embracing all of that messiness in the beginning, that's what it's about. Because the only way you truly fail is if you stop trying and if you give up. So inevitably, you're going to keep growing. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get smarter. You're going to get better at whatever it is you're trying. And you're if you keep at it and if you put the time in, there's no way you don't succeed. The only way you don't succeed is if you give up. So if you don't give yourself permission to try and to get it wrong, you're doing yourself such a disservice. And another area that is really key to mention here is you have to quit comparing to other people. We all know that social media is a highlight reel for people's lives. Nobody puts their shitty moments on there. We get that. We know that. And we don't generally try to go onto social media and compare ourselves to the people we see there because we know we know better. We put our, our best moments up there. Nobody's putting their you know milk spilled all over the kid and their toothpaste in the toilet and like all those things. Nobody's putting that on social media. You, you don't have reality. But you're still comparing yourself to the future version of you that you're envisioning. You're still comparing yourself to the past version of you. You're still comparing yourself to your friends and your family and, and also what they expect of you. Not only them in their own roles, your coworkers, your bosses, um, all of those things. And so one thing, a big piece of advice that hit home for me along this learning journey that I'll share with you is to not compare your beginning to somebody else's middle because you never know where someone is on their journey. There could be people who appear to have overnight success. There could be people who seem to have things come really easy to them. Those people who get all the breaks, who have a golden horseshoe. And I talk about this in another episode called my golden horseshoe of this podcast um, because it does appear that I'm one of those people to others, even when I don't feel like that. A lot of people will joke that I have, you know, I never have trouble getting a job and I've always got luck on my side and all of these things and what they don't realize and what you might not realize as you're comparing yourself to somebody else is all of the work behind the scenes that goes in, all of the failures that are endured during the process, all of the failed attempts, all of the stumbles, all of the setbacks, all of the steps backwards. You don't see them pick themselves back up again. You don't see them find that next step. You don't see the work that goes into pulling, climbing, clawing their way out of a hole 
in pursuit of something great where they're not giving up. And so when you're at the beginning of a journey in something and you're comparing yourself to somebody who is further along, don't forget that they're not at the beginning like you are and that their beginning probably looked a damn lot like your beginning right now. And there was doubt and there was guilt and there was shame and there was feelings of unworthiness and low self-esteem as they went through and wanting to give up. But the difference in the people that succeed and that gain skills in something and the people who just use failure as an excuse or give up early or never seem to reach their dreams, the only difference is the people who are successful, they're the ones who take that next step, who stand back up and aren't afraid of failure because they know that failure is taking them one step off that ladder. Every time you fail, you have the opportunity to learn. You have the opportunity to change, to shift, to refocus, to grow, and to get that next step up on the ladder or whatever it is, however you envision your your climb to success. So you need to give yourself permission to get it wrong. Another thing that I want to discuss in terms of perfectionism is balance. Balance is something that we always seem to be wanting to achieve. We always are aiming for work-life balance, right? Specifically, that's the one you hear the most about. And I think it's bull because you're never going to be perfectly balanced. There is never a situation, a time or a season in your life where all of the different buckets that make up who you are and how you spend your time, your commitments, your responsibilities, and your roles, those buckets are never going to be equal, right? And um, one of my favorite podcasters, uh, parenting expert, Jamie Glowacki, has this really great metaphor that I will share with you in terms of balance because she's always saying, and it's so true, that balance is a verb. It's not a noun. It's not a destination. It's a verb. It's something that you are always going to be doing. You're balancing. You've got plates in the air. You've got spinning plates, you know? Um, The way that she says to envision it is a stovetop. We've all got a stovetop with four burners, right? We've all got our favorite. That's a weird grown-up thing, but regardless, you got four burners, Picture four pots or pans or whatever, and they're all going. That's your life. At any point in time, one of those pots is boiling over. One of those pots is on a slow simmer, and two of them kind of need to stir, and you got to keep your eye on them. That is the balance because the pot that's boiling, when you turn that down, then that becomes the one that's simmering, right? And then the one that's simmering that you sort of put in the back of your mind Maybe that needs a stir. It's going to burn, you know, and eventually those ones that were just kind of hanging out and doing their thing, they're going to get up to temperature and then they're going to start to boil and they're going to be the one. So the idea is to realize that all of the different areas in your life, all of your roles, all of your responsibilities, however you're looking at what you're balancing, there's always flow. There's always flux. They're always shifting. One of them is going to need the most attention. One of them you can kind of let slide. There's going to be some in the middle. And that's life. Sometimes there are seasons where work takes up more of my energy and my family life. Maybe I'm getting sitters more often, you know, or I'm not sleeping as much or my, my nutrition has gone to shit because all I'm doing is working because that is taking my biggest priority right then. But then the next season, maybe it's rest. Maybe it's filling up my cup. Maybe it's spending time with my family. Maybe it's learning and work takes a backseat, you know, 
And I can bring in some exercise and nutrition and better habits because I've got time and space for that. And then, you know, it continues to cycle. And the idea is it's work is going to come along again as the, as the top priority. And it's a constant balance. It's not trying to make things equal in balance, like, um, like on a scale, you know, when you see the like justice, liberty, scale of justice. Anyways, you know, I'm picturing like Judge Judy's intro with a, uh, you know, the two things, one in each hand. You don't want things to be perfectly balanced necessarily. That's not the goal. The goal is to understand that things flow and there is a balance to the flow of your life. Okay. That was a really powerful thing to me, for me to understand and achieve. And it takes practice. All of these things take practice. It's not like I'm telling you things that I achieved overnight. This is this is years and months in the making of practice and habits and mindset shifts and all of the things that you have to put in because guess what? I sucked at first. <laughs> just like everything, just like we talked about at the beginning. If you're starting something new, you're going to suck at first. A couple other things that I want to um, chat about today in terms of perfectionism. One really cool way to get over the tendency is instead of having a to-do list, have a ta-da list. So you're going to want at the end of the day to look back on your day, even if you didn't get everything accomplished that you wanted to, and you're going to write down the things that you did get accomplished, even the small things. Write down everything that you accomplished and title it your ta-da list. Like, ta-da, look at I did all these things today. And if you can shift your mindset from, oh, crap, this to-do list didn't get done, there's more tomorrow, to then looking instead at all the things you did accomplish, because let's be honest, a lot of them aren't even going to be on your to-do list because things pop up. So have a to-do list that you can look at and take your mind off of, shift the focus away from not completing your to-do list because none of us complete our to-do list. Like we all know it continues to the next day. There's always more to be done. But if you're a perfectionist and you're worried about not getting everything on your to-do list done and that's creating guilt or shame or blame or any negative connotation, switch and try a ta-da list. Get yourself out of that mindset. You don't have to get everything on your to-do list done. And if you want, I've got a ton, a ton of resources and ideas on how to manage a to-do list, how to be productive, different habits you can put in. Um, A lot of it's in the Working Moms Toolbox, which is available for free on my website. Um, A lot of it's available in the five-part or five-day video series that I do, which is like a condensed version of the Working Moms Toolbox that comes right to your email. So you don't have to necessarily think about going in and uh, and getting through the course. But anyways, I've got lots of info if to-do lists, organization, time management, habits, all that's your jam. Let me know. Um, there's a couple of podcasts you can go back to listen to as well. <clears throat> don't have to spend any money. Anyways, another area that we can shift our mindset away from perfectionism is by taking stock of how likely something is to happen in terms of your worry. Because we worry often, especially as moms, about getting things perfect to avoid a negative outcome. So like when my kids were small, you should see the diaper bags I packed. Like my car, even just to go around the block, like to the grocery store, I had literally everything that my kids might need. My packing was perfect. I had lists to pack just to go to the grocery store so I wouldn't forget anything because I wanted to do it right. I wanted to do it perfectly. I wanted to make sure that there was no situation where I was going to be left, you know, up shit creek without a paddle, so to speak. So 
what was my worry looking back? If I could try to get myself out of that mindset of trying to be perfect and have everything covered and everything organized, what was I worried would happen? That we wouldn't have a fresh diaper? That my kid might be a little bit hungry before I could get home? You know, that uh, if they spit up, I wouldn't have a towel to clean up my car or a fresh outfit to put them into? I think worry ties a lot into perfectionism. And one thing that we need to start asking ourselves is, can you do something about it? If that situation happens, can you do something about it? And if the answer is yes, maybe it's a good idea to try like I did and cover all your bases and make sure nothing happens or you're always prepared just in case. But sometimes it's okay to realize like, huh, okay, well, if that happens, what's the worst thing? Hmm we can come home, you know, or I can go buy whatever X, Y, Z thing that I need to replace, you know, the thing that broke or if we get hungry or we're really lucky here. If you're listening in a third world country, which you probably are because you have the internet and a phone to listen to this or computer or whatever, it's very easy for us to go and replenish our resources, you know? So if you're forgetting something, you can go buy it. You can borrow it. You can come back home. There's loads of options, okay? Um, But the other flip side of that too is if something's even likely to happen. Do you know how many times I went out with, you know, bottles and snacks and diapers and came back and nothing had even been touched? So yes, it was possible. And yes, I could do something about it. But was it likely to happen? No. No. It wasn't likely to happen because I was going to the grocery store for 15 goddamn minutes to buy a loaf of bread, you know? And so if I had taken stock of A, what am I worried about? B, can I do something about it if it happens? And C, is it likely to happen at all? Going through those three questions in your mind can really help you get away from that perfectionist um, tendency to always be in control and I think, honestly, control ties in a lot here too. I think we can maybe interchange perfectionism and control um, in this conversation, but just a couple different ways to look at it. And so what I'd like to do is sort of leave you with a bit of prompt or a bit of a guide in terms of a meditation that you can sit and do to help you release some of that control and perfectionist tendencies. So What I want you to do next time you have a few minutes, and maybe you'll pause and do it right now, is sit quietly somewhere, either lie down and close your eyes or sit on the couch, straight back on a chair with your feet grounded on the floor. And I want you to take three deep breaths in through your nose, fill up those lungs and exhale. And as you exhale, you can even like, Give a bit of a sigh, get all the air out, do three big, deep, intentional breaths like that. And when you're centered, I want you to imagine that you're gripping a tennis ball. You've got this tennis ball in your hand. Maybe you've got one in each hand and you're holding them out in front of you. Your arms are parallel to the floor and you are gripping that tennis ball for dear life. You are, you have never gripped anything so tightly in your life. And this tennis ball is your perfectionism. And as you think about the energy that it's taking you to hold on to this tennis ball and to keep that tight grip on there, 
We can take another couple deep breaths in. And on the count of three, I want you to just open up your fans, release the tennis ball and let it fall. One, two, three. And it might feel scary to let go of that control. And it might feel liberating. Take a minute to just feel into that feeling, whatever has come up for you. And sit with it and get curious about that feeling. Because in honesty, releasing your perfectionism can be as easy as that. Just let go. And I think that a big part of changing our habits is practice. But if you come back to this kind of exercise where you can visualize yourself letting go and feel the feeling of how that feels in a safe space where you're not actually letting go of anything physically, you're not making any decisions in the real world, you're not letting anyone down, you're not letting go of a commitment, you're not leaving that last bottle on the counter before you go. If you can do that in a safe space of meditation and feel how it makes you feel and get curious about it and really get in tune with yourself, that's going to be the basis. Coupled with all of the other techniques that I talked about in today's episode, you're going to be well on your way to making some changes. And maybe the next time that you're in a job interview and the interviewer asks, what is your, what is your weakness? You don't have to say perfectionism, whether you're being facetious or not. You don't have to say perfectionism because it's not something that's in your reality anymore. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Grow Like a Mother podcast this week. You can find more great tips, motivation, inspiration, and community on Instagram and Facebook at Grow Like a Mother on both platforms. And if you enjoyed today's show and wish that you had found it sooner, I invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening. Doing so really helps promote the show to other moms just like you who want to grow and level up in their lives. And if you want to stay connected by email, I invite you to sign up for the email list by visiting the website, which is www.livingwithheart.ca, or diving into the free five-part video series that I recorded just for you. You can find all of the links and the details in the show notes. Until next week, keep on growing like a mother.